You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Stop dreaming, coming out three wide. And he's starting to close pretty quickly now, the Kiwi. Then triple eight and arg. Off the back in 27-9 for the third quarter. And bulletproof boy led better eclipse got out off the pegs. Don't Stop Dreaming's going with him and the two favourites sweep to the lead. It's Don't Stop Dreaming and better eclipse kicking back. Better Eclipse and don't stop dreaming. It's Better Eclipse in front. He chases the million dollars and he got it. Better Eclipse on it. Better Eclipse and those to don't stop dreaming. And that was a race and a half last weekend. Uh, we just heard Dan Malecki's call. Better Eclipse was just backed as if unbeatable. $1.45. Don't stop dreaming. Drifted out to $4. And they both had beautiful runs in transit. They both got into the clear at the top of the straight and we heard what happened there. Better Eclipse sitting behind lead and don't stop dreaming 1-1. So uh, the Purdens have got a massive opinion there of uh, Don't Stop Dreaming. Chris Barsby is joining me. How are you, Chris? Steve, I'm well. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. All right, the Sugars and uh, Jess Tubbs. Or Greg Sugars, Jess must be on cloud nine, not only with Better Eclipse, but Just Believe, obviously, who won the race prior. Yeah, and an amazing effort last week. Both horses winning and both going past that million-dollar barrier. So I still find it really hard to believe that Just Believe is the only Australian-bred trotter that's banked more than a million dollars. So uh, it's quite staggering. You asked me yesterday about another top-line trotter in Oscar Bonavina. When do we see him? Well, we don't have to wait too long. He's going to start on Friday night at Addington, Steve. So there's a free-for-all trot over there. It's worth 20000 He's chasing uh, five straight victories. He's going to go around in that race. And Natalie Rasmussen will take the drive on Oscar Bonavina. So it's a little disappointing that he's up and about and they didn't bring him across with Don't Stop Dreaming because... If he goes around in that great Southern star taking on Just Believe, that would have been that would have been mouthwatering stuff. Yeah, one of my favourite trotters years ago would have won a heap of money, but Noopy Kiosk, Chris. Um, mm. I don't know how much money he would have won, but he died some years ago, didn't he, at age 31 or something, Noopy Kiosk. But we've got a special guest coming on now. Young Rufus leads into the back the final time. A metre in front. Outside of him, the Falcon strike. El Sue moves up to third, three wide. The warp drive behind the leader. In between runners, flashing red. Oscar Wilde, three deep, has cover. And then came Howard Bromack from Hexas, Mont Denver, Gold, Blue Gum Forest, Harnets Creek and Mr. DG. Off the back of the 400. Young Rufus, a metre and a half in front. The Falcon strikes right there. Hexas has called on. Then the warp drive. Awaiting the express post lane from... From Oscar Wilde and Flashing Red up to the turn, Young Rufus led here comes Elsu though Elsu swept up, coming out after him Flashing Red, but Elsu zoomed away from Young Rufus then Flashing Red the warp drive but it's Elsu in front of Flashing Red oh he's got to be the best horse in the Southern Hemisphere, what a run, the Kiwi champ, Elsu's won the Hunter Cup and what a win, one of the best ever, Elsu beat Flashing Red photo Howard Bromack in the warp drive, then Hexus, Young Rufus Typically great call, Dan Malecki, and he's with you now, Chris. Dan, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Hi, Steve. Hello to, to everyone listening. <laughs> that brings back some great memories, but time flies. 2005. Yeah, well, the reason I put that replay on this morning, because... I know what that race meant for you because uh, just with the call, you said he must be one of the great uh, horses uh, of all time and probably the best in the world at the time. It was a star-studded lineup, so... 
We're almost 20 years further down the track now. Where does it rate now for you, that LSU performance winning the Hunter Cup? Uh, still, I'd say it's the best. Um, he just was in the zone for that period of time. He dominated. There wasn't a horse that could have beaten him. And the way he won that race, the arrogance within his wing, he sat wide for the last like, 12, 1,300 metres. He'd come off a 20-metre handicap. And the way he powered up the straight, he, looked, he made Group 1 horses look like they were a little bit inferior than Group 1 horses. And um, uh, there was something pretty special about him at that time. He then had a period where his form dropped away and he wasn't quite the same horse. But at his top, El Su's right amongst the very best I've ever seen. All right. Well, we fast forward now. It's 2024. We've got the Hunter Cup this Saturday night at Melton. A lot has changed with the Hunter Cup. No longer a stand start, two-mile race. Mobile start, 2,700 metres. We've got Leap to Fame, the Queensland star down there. He lands a front row draw. And as a result, Dan, he is at a very skinny quote. Looking at this latest market from Tab, he's $1.30. Can you believe a horse in a Hunter Cup is that sort of price? Uh no, not really. No, you wouldn't have thought that to be the case. And the way uh, the race was shaping up with a cooter coming across, that wouldn't have been the case. So it's disappointing to lose New Zealand's best pacer uh, in the lead-up. And, and in Cooter's case, uh, likely for the entire year, he won't be seen if indeed he comes back at all. But, look, there's no surprise that Leap to Fame would start favourite. Um, and it just highlights um, his quality, his class, his domination... And particularly over the staying trips, and he might be playing in his own backyard, but he's certainly getting to, I would think, a distance where um, very few of those other horses can can get close to matching it with him. And we saw that in the Inner Dominion. He was he was in a league of his own. I mean that the way he just sailed away, that was El Su like Chris. And he called the race, saw it firsthand, and it was probably that air expectation that he would do it that way. And he's got that dominance. Just a couple of runs to keep him uh, up to the mark. And he does what he has to do. There's no real frills about Leap to Fame. He, he just reminds me of a bit of a Rafael Nadal. When things start getting interesting, he just puts a choker hold on the opposition and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And with these longer trips, uh, even more so. Um, I, I just can't see any horse in that race capable, let alone game enough, to try to keep him out. And even if he sat parked, it seems a, it seems a very difficult task to, to sit without cover. But who's going to do that? Who's going to do that? I mean, if they did that, they're going to get buried. And if he does work to the front, who's going to be the horse that could try to put pressure on him to make him vulnerable? I haven't found that horse. Um, so I just think the race is at his mercy. And if anything, a danger might come on the peg line. But if Leap to Fame's going to ramp it up from about the 1,200. You can imagine him running sub-54 last half if that was the case. But if he ran it at a more controlled tempo and a more solid tempo, um, a horse like Catch Away, who there's got to be a, just a tiny little a smidgen of doubt about him getting that sort of a trip. He hasn't had those experiences before uh, out, of, out of a place in a heat of a derby as a three-year-old and then in the Ballarat Cup first up. His effort, his effort was terrific. Um, but they ran it at a slow tempo. This might be brutal from the start to the finish, but I reckon it's going to be really strong for the last 1,200. And I'm sure that uh, Grant would know if he thinks his main danger is catch away. He's not going to make it a sit and sprint. I think with a hard-fit horse, he's going to make it a thoroughly run at least last 1,200, maybe last mile. I mean, how do you keep Leap to Fame going slow?
Um, so I, I think Catchaway is vulnerable himself, sitting where he is. Maybe Max Delight's the outsider that's got a good place chance. But I think it's Leap to Fame's race to, to lose, and at the price that he's listed at now, I think everyone else thinks the same way. All right. You were at the barrier draw yesterday. Um, is it clear-cut? Most were thinking immediately following the barrier draw that he rolls forward, he gets the lead, and it's going to be Catchaway that releases him. So that being said... Um, does that potentially set up a really good clash where Leap to Fame corners with the lead and Catch a Wave is hopefully going to peel off his back and make a real race of it up the home stretch? I'm hoping there's that scenario is the most likely scenario. But Leap to Fame, you, you know, you can see horses dropping off along the way because he'll be running good times, I reckon, uh, certainly from the bell. And Catchaway's a great horse, and we know he's a fantastic sit sprinter. I think he's a better horse coming from behind. So he's going to be in a lovely spot if he can hold that spot behind the leader. Because from barrier one, if indeed he starts from that spot because can't find a better man's the emergency, he's got a little battle within a war right at the start of the race because horses like Typo, Curly James, they come off the gate okay, and I'm sure they'd all love to be in the spot behind the leader, which we all expect will probably be Leap to Fame. So he's got to win that little battle in the early part of the race, catch a wave, and that means it puts a bit of pressure on him at the very start of a 2,760-metre race, and that in itself could make him vulnerable. But you'd love to see him at the top of the straight uh, probing for a run to the inside or even to the outside because I could see a lot of others dropping off, and, yeah, that would be a, a, a fantastic... Um, a race to see from the 250 onwards um, because Catch a Wave's a wonderful, wonderful racehorse, Miracle Mile winner, and you don't win them by fluke. No, that's for sure and certain. What about if we go back to October last year, the Victoria Cup? These two horses clashed, uh, and it was Catch a Wave that beat home Leap to Fame. Leap to Fame had to sit outside the leader, rock and roll do. Uh, you called the raise. He, he went down fighting Leap to Fame. Typical effort from Leap to Fame. But the effort of Catch a Wave that night was truly amazing. So if you go back to that race, surely that gives him some sort of chance here. Yeah, you're right. It was an extraordinary race, wasn't it? Um, Catch a Wave had a crack in the early part of the race, was caught wide, had to be restrained. When they're restrained like that, it's pretty much game over, isn't it? Mm. And for him to get so close, flash home down the outside and literally another hop, he wins the race. And he just put his head in front of Leap to Fame, who did plenty of work. That was over the 2,240-metre trip. Uh, so Leap to Fame uh, had to do more work, sit without cover, and was just left that little bit vulnerable, wasn't he, in that last bit of the race. It was a wonderful race. I didn't know where to look. Spirit of St. Louis may well have won it with a clear run, and he finished seventh. But now got the clear run and over the top at nearly 100 to 1. That was the night that he... I think even the connections thought he was going to get scratched. He got caught up. Uh, his leg caught up over the rail in the tie-up stalls and um, they passed him fit. But I think they all breathed a sigh of relief because they didn't expect that he'd get passed. And in the end, he did, and he ends up winning it, beating Catch a Wave and Leap to Fame. So you're right, um, Catch a Fame has beaten Leap to Fame home before. And with that in mind, uh, he drew barrier six on that occasion, this time potentially barrier number one. And um, that could be the difference, you're right. I mean, Catch a Wave, he's a, he's a top horse. He's second up from the spell, but... I mean, that, that barrier draw itself, surely it's worth its weight in gold. Mm, yeah, no doubt about it. What about some of these horses drawn between both Catch a Wave and Leap to Fame? You mentioned Typo. He's a go-forward horse. Curly James, the Shepparton Cup winner, uh, he's on the up and up. 
See ya, Art. He's an interesting horse. He's terrific in the, uh, he was terrific in the Ballarat Cup. Could he be a little spoke in the wheel for Leap to Fame early here, do you think? Yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd love to hear somebody positive saying that could be a possibility because uh, he had inside back row draw at Ballarat, slowly run race. He didn't have much of a look in, but he found the line really well. Uh, and obviously he's, uh, his form since coming from New Zealand has been very good. So I think you've got to respect him. It's just a matter of where does he end up. I think it's going to be very difficult for any horse if Leap to Fame is going to lead and any horse is sitting in the one wide line, um, what is going to help them get into the race? There isn't that horse that, in a way, would probably sacrifice their own chances by attempting to put pressure on or just sitting without cover to give something the nice trail into the race. But if Sia Art did get that type of run, and what I've seen so far, he's emerging as the type of horse you must respect. Mm, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Better Eclipse, it's a bad draw. There was a big margin between Leap to Fame and Better Eclipse in that Inter-Dominion Grand Final. Max Delight is a good value hope, uh, given that he's going to be on the peg. Spirit of St. Louis beating a fair margin in the Inter-Dominion Grand Final. Uh, then we go down to... I'll get your thoughts on Don't Stop Dreaming in just a moment. Beyond Delight, Mac Dan, Kanina Provolima beating a fair way in the Inter-Dominion Grand Final. So it's looking... It's looking like it's going to be a forlorn task for many off the second row. But Don't Stop Dreaming is the other horse that I want to focus on. He went down narrowly last week behind Better Eclipse. You know Mark Purden really well. Uh, he could have easily gone the easier option and gone to the four-year-old Bonanza race on the same car, but he's thrown him in the deep end here. We've got to respect this horse. Yeah, I think he was hoping that he could have got a slightly better barrier draw, though. And, and I reckon the horse is needing the run as well. Um, he pulled a shoe in the run the other day and he had a little issue in the lead-up. That's what delayed him getting here in the first place. So he ran well. He loomed up to win and I think he just died on his run. But credit to Better Eclipse to fight him off. They were both off breaks. Um, don't Stop Dreaming, I think, can improve out of the run. But I, I think he, it might come too quickly for him. He's still a young horse. Tremendous amount of ability. And I'm sure he can run well, but I just can't see the scenario that's going to suit him best. Um, we see him come off the speed really well. I don't think he'd be put up into the mix early, or at least not with the intention of sitting parked. He'd be more in line of a, getting a trail, wanting to work into the race. Uh, and I, I'm not sure how that can happen. Um, if, if it's run at a brutal tempo and some of the horses start dropping off early, that might suit him. Uh, but I think he'd probably have to be driven colder and therefore benefit further from the run. Um, just from what I could see in him the other night, I think there's better to come, and I, I reckon Sydney will see the best of him once he gets through Melbourne and heads up for the uh, for the Chariots of Fire. We might see the best of Don't Stop Dreaming then. He's a chance, but I reckon he, he might just be a couple of lengths away from where Mark Burton really wants him. OK, so you've got the Queenslander on top, Leap to Fame. What are you marking as the, the biggest threat? Well, I think catch a wave, you'd be mad not to, because um, exactly for the point you pointed out in the Victoria Cup, I mean, that was a fabulous performance. He's got improvement to come off the back of his first up effort. He gets a much better barrier draw. He's a Group 1 winner. It wouldn't shock anyone uh, for him to perform well and really push Leap to fame. To beat him, mm, that, that would be some sort of an effort, I suspect. I think Leap to fame would have to underperform. However... Uh, Catcher Wave's second pick. I'm seeing a, a pegline-dominated race. Max Delight. And Spirit of St. Louis, for a horse that 
he's been an unbelievable horse throughout his career. The amount of times he's run second and third in some of those big races. Mm. If they were swapped around, he could be one of the greatest paces of all time. But he's such yeah. a great trier. He goes well in Victoria. He seems to thrive here. And I suspect that Jack Callaghan will, will drive him on the pegs. Potentially, he'll be full back the inside. But it might be the fourth best place to be. So I'm tipping six to eight and nine. And by the way, Max Delight comes off the back of an atrial fibrillation um, at uh, Shepparton in the Shepparton Cup. And horses, both codes, can bounce off that really well. The record of horses winning and performing well off the back of an atrial fibrillation is very good. He's a different Max Delight on his previous few runs, got a head full of confidence, comes off the back of speed really well. And he might be the sort of horse to, to, to work around your first fours, maybe even trifectas with her. I think uh, Max Delight, uh, from three back to pegs, can run a really good race. Okay, just on Spirit of St Louis, I'm sure I did a little tally on him. I'm not sure if it was before the Inter Dominion or even back to the the Winter Carnival up here last year, but I think there was nine races where he was a runner-up here, and they were Group One features, big races, uh, features down in Victoria, his home state of New South Wales, up here in Queensland, even over in Western Australia. Like you said, it's quite remarkable if he can, or if he was able to turn a few of those uh, seconds into wins, he, he could be one of the all-time greats. <laughs> it's an extraordinary record. He's been such a consistent horse at the top level. And in the in the Victoria Cup, um, I, I didn't know where to look. His horses were coming left, right and centre. He actually finished seventh in that race. And I got the feeling if the run, a clear run came half up the straight, he may well have won that race. Looking at his record, he probably would have run second somehow, Chris. But um, he ends up running seventh in a race. I'm sure he would have been fighting to finish out. Uh, he's such a good horse. And maybe from full back to pegs, whether or not it's, uh, you know, I don't know that he could win the race, but he could certainly run a, a, a top four, that's for sure. All right, just on Leap to Fame, I'm keen to get your thoughts here. He's now a five-year-old. He's got the end of Dominion in his kit bag. He had that brilliant three-year-old season where he claimed all three derbies on the East Coast. He won the Breeders' Challenge. This is such a crucial year now for, for Leap to Fame. Uh, he needs to win the Hunter Cup. Given that he's a stallion and he's by Better's Delight, who's the best stallion in this part of the world... Uh, he's got the Miracle Mile coming up, uh, the possibility of going across to Cambridge for that slot race over there. Every time he steps out now, it's just so vitally crucial, not only for, um, you know, uh, for, for the moment now, but for his stud career, which will follow as well. Oh, there's no doubt. It's a big year for him. Last year was as well. It, it, it set it up. But you look at that um, a slot race in New Zealand and the potential for a New Zealand Cup later on mm. in the year. Uh, every big race is on the agenda and now that he's fully matured he's a typical tough resilient uh, type of uh, pacer and as you said better's delight they're good stayers and they usually get better as they get a little bit older so he's right at the peak of his powers now and there's every chance that he's going to dominate uh, this scene for the next period of time um, probably the, the longer trips are where he can make his own luck Whereas in those 2,200 metres, you know, those middle distance type races or even a miracle mile, it might be a bit different because his lack of gate speed is going to expose him on, on a number of occasions. But even a miracle mile, he can sit up parked. And while it might sound tough, it's, it's still not a bad place for Leap to Fame uh, 2B. At the moment, he's clearly on top and the rest of them have got to put their hands up the challenge. So who's that going to be? I don't know right now. Mm. He, he's 2.40 with Tab right now to win the Miracle Mile. Would, would you take that? Not not now, no. I'm not, no. I, I, look, it's inviting, though, I've got to say, for a horse of his quality, but it is a mile race. So um, there lies uh, a long wait 
to to get to that day. But to be fair, if he can win the Hunter Cup, which we expect he will, if he has a lead-up, even if it's over a mile, he'll probably win that too. Uh, it's hard to imagine he's going to get out any longer than $2.40. So if you're anticipating he will start in that race, which I think he will, um, he won't be uh, longer odds than that. So it might be a bad investment to take. It's just the race shut. I mean, Black's a fake, never won a Miracle Mile. And how mm. good was he? So yeah. and the way Leaps of Fame's hitting, he, he's that style of horse, that, that dominator as well. Not dissimilar to a Black's a fake. So... Uh, Blacks of Fate couldn't win a Miracle Mile. Um, I'm not saying Leap to Fame can't, but it's worth bearing in mind. Yeah, and the other horse that probably, you know, comes up for this conversation is Lazarus. He was a great star. In, in some ways, uh, there's a, quite a few similarities between Lazarus and Leap to Fame and how dominant they are at the staying race, but he, he came up short in the Miracle Mile as well. Yeah, they just get a bit of ex- uh, bit exposed there over the shorter trip. And there's a lot of other horses, uh, even in this race. Uh, yeah, a horse like Better Eclipse would be a good example. His shorter course form is fantastic. The barrier draw is going to hurt his chances, but he's a top-quality horse. But over a mile, drawn two at, at uh, Menangle, he would get a much better chance of trying to knock off a horse like Leap to Fame. You drive him differently. Everyone goes there hard and fit, capable run of cert- certain time, and also knowing that Leap the Fame could then become vulnerable if he has to do work. And usually he has to do work not because anyone wants to try to keep him out. He just hasn't got that gate speed that can make him dominate the race right from the very start. He has to balance, he has to settle, and then he can push on and sustain a run. But at that level, most of these horses can for about a 1,000 metres. Before I let you go this morning, Dan, I want to get your thoughts on the Great Southern Star. So we've got the heats and final concept on the same night. First and foremost, do you like this concept? Look, I wasn't sure the first couple of times that they they had it, but it's, it has worked really well. Uh, this is the first night it's on uh, on Hunter Cup night. Previously, they had their own night, and it actually worked quite well. I, I don't mind so much. Um, I'm a bit of a stickler, but, uh, you know, the trotting fraternity enjoy it. And it is a point of difference. So no one else does it uh, in uh, in Australia. There is a, they do have a race series at Stall, it was, um, last year, where they had a heat and final, much lower grade level. But I think it's exciting. I, I, I've actually enjoyed it. So I do give it a big tick. And it's based on the style of the elite lock. Um, and I suppose with that in mind, we're able, going forward, going to get an opportunity to get some top quality, particularly European trotters. And in the case of Call Me the Breeze, who was purchased by Yabby Dam Farms or Harada Trotter with uh, uh, Pat Driscoll, uh, and he's over here and a winner of 1.6 million, but terrific first up in the night pistol at Ballarat. So that is what we need to look at getting because it was 23 years ago. Remember Euro Ranjar come out yeah. from Europe and ran Lyle Creek to a neck and there was a couple of others that were touted to come out and and, and, and that's what we need. We need that sort of representation um, from other uh, parts of the world, in particular from, from Europe, Northern Europe, uh, to, to be a part of this great Southern Star. And with the money that's on offer, I think that's a good possibility now. The race is on the map for them and on such a big night, uh, we want to have those sort of horses here and at least this time we do have that representation from now an Australian owned but French bred and superstar try to call me the breeze. Yeah, well, he, he goes around as the favourite in the first heat. Just Believe, who's taking all before him right now. He's in the second heat. Uh, Lara J, Team Lara J, they were probably a little 
Coy at the barrier draws yesterday. Um, what's your take? He just looks like he's in the zone right now. So are you put off by that second row draw? Because they just gave that sort of impression they weren't fussed with the barrier draw. Yeah, well, it's a matter of qualifying as well. Um, so the, there's a grand final on the same night, but of course you've got to qualify to get there. Uh, just believe just makes a habit out of winning. It, it, he makes it an art form and he can do it so easily. He's back to the 1720 and while I'm not trying to suggest it's not that important uh, to win that race, it is a $30,000 race. But you've got to get the balance right of qualifying and then having your horse at uh, at their top level later on in the night. He has qualified, obviously, um, last year. Um, but the draw is significant for this heat. Um, I think it's more suitable to a horse like RC Phoenix, who, if he drew the back line, he, he I doubt would be a chance in the final. Um, but... From this frontline draw, the gate speed he showed at Bendigo, his ability to run time, he equal the track record there. He's the sort of horse that could take advantage of the barrier draw and just believe could could uh, work through the field, go up, sit three wide the last lap and still run a wonderful second or third or possibly and probably win the race. But he's going to be a little bit vulnerable here. If it was a one-off race, I'd look at it different, differently. Uh, but the fact that they've got to back up a little bit later on, uh, it's an opportunity for these top liners um, just to, to allow a little tweak for later on. And um, he could be vulnerable in this race. And I don't like saying that about a horse that's just... He's met every match, every challenge, and uh, come out uh, on trumps so easily. Uh, but he might be vulnerable in this. Mm, it's going to be a fantastic night. There's no question about it. So much to look forward to. Uh, headlined by the AG Hunter Cup and this great Southern star, which is now part of Hunter Cup night, only adds to the depth of that quality. Dan, as always, really appreciate the time. Great calling as per normal this weekend, and we'll catch up soon. Yeah, you too, Chris. Thank you. I love talking uh, harness racing with you. It's a lot of fun. There's Dan Malecki joining us from Melbourne. So I uh, can't wait to hear his calls on Saturday night. What a race it's going to be. What a card it's going to be. So the other big race there, we didn't even touch on that four-year-old Bonanza. So that's going to be a, uh, a very interesting race. Many of these horses hoping to, you know, qualify for the Chariots of Fire. It's drawn together an outstanding lineup, perfect class. Uh, Captain Hammerhead, Captain's Knock. Uh, and then you've got Frankie Ferocious, the Queenslander, who's now with Jason Grimson. Dangerous was a winner there last week, so there's a lot to talk about uh, between now and Saturday night, and we'll keep tracking down some of these major plays. Reckliff Harness Racing tonight. There's only seven races tonight at Reckliff, so it's short and sweet, this program. One man that is driving there tonight, and he's in good form, and there's a bit to talk to about uh, uh, with our next guest because there's a few horses that he's driving at the moment, and they are low-flying. Adam Richardson, he's online with us now. Adam, appreciate the time. Yeah, no worries, Chris. Hey, uh, the first one that I wanted to ask about, uh, the, the veteran, the old boy, Pyrrhic Dancer. Since he's been up here with you and Alana, he's yet to taste defeat, and he's just thriving here in the Queensland sun. Yeah, he just seems to really be enjoying the weather up here, I think. Um, you know, it sort of surprised us a lot because when we had him down there, he wasn't doing what he's doing now. So, yeah, it's a bit of a shock. So is it just a, a case of change of scenery, a little bit of a change of routine, and he, he he's just loving it? I'd say so. Um, I think he's probably more just thriving on the swim up here. We didn't have one down home, so... Um, I think he's just really enjoying that. Right. The, the other one from last week that uh, you were able to drive and you've retained the drive this weekend, Tactfully Miracle, did she surprise you with her victory in that mare's race last week? Uh, look, not really. I thought she was in the fight. Um, her last two had been pretty good 
at Redcliffe, especially the last one. You know, she was left exposed a lot earlier than what she normally is, and she fought right to the line. So I was quite happy with her. And um, you know, we just probably needed a, a bit of luck, and we got that, got a nice spot, and you know, she was just too good in the end. All right. Well, let's go through your drives tonight here at Redcliffe. Uh, as I said, seven races. You start in race two, which is the driver of the night, Adam Richardson Pace. So the pressure's on here. You need to win your race. Marksman is your drive. He's fresh up. Uh, he's a last start winner. He's trialled recently. What are the expectations here tonight? Yeah, I was quite happy with his trial um, last week. He seems to have come back from a spell and Bennett and from it a bit. Um, you know, obviously we'll look to go forward and he seems to be a lot better in front. So we'll just you know, see how much pressure we have to cop and if we can get there, the one's got speed too so we'll just play it by ear Alright, I was going to ask, Rosarito drawn in barrier one, can run the arm so it, it might get a little tricky early? Yeah, that's right, you know, it's just sort of, I can't cross it for speed, it's just whether or not they want to let me go Alright, well that's race two, number two, Marksman, race five tonight, DC Rockin he's a horse with ability but he can be a little bit hard to follow, how do you sort of rate his chances here tonight? Yeah, probably not the best of draws. Um, I drove him a couple of times in a trial quite hard and forward going back a few months and he really relished being in front on the pegs. So, um, you know, I'll talk to Connections before the race and see what they think. But, you know, if he can sort of find top and be up there handy on the fence, he's, he's well within a shot. All right. Race six tonight, St Louis beat. This is going to be his fourth run back tonight. Uh, he comes up with a, a pretty good draw, gate three, but just looking at it, there is speed drawn to your inside. So what's the early thinking here? Do you want to run the arm or are you looking to, to grab up straight away? Uh, so he's the sort of horse, Chris, that you've got to go with him early. Um, otherwise, he'll just do things wrong. So I don't think I can get across, but I will let him slide for 50 and just try and grab him up then and see where we are. All right. Is he better than what his record sort of tells us? He's only got the one win from 21, but is there more more in him that he hasn't shown us yet? I believe so. Um, you know, last prep he was quite a hard horse to drive and he seems to be, a, you know, a lot better racehorse this time in. He's learning a few things and, you know, I can back him off in the races, which couldn't do before. So hopefully if he just keeps improving, I think we will see a better horse. OK, in the last race tonight, Miss Lily May, she comes up with gate two. Do we just take her on trust? Yeah, I think so. I do think this is her race, you know, on paper. Um, I was quite happy with her run last week, even though she got a bit tired late. But, you know, I think if she does everything right, she'll be hard to beat. All right. So have we saved the best to last? Do you think that's your best drive tonight, Miss Lily May? I do, yes. Okay, right. we've got to hang around to the last race. Race seven, number two, Miss Lily May. Adam, keep up the good form. Appreciate the time this morning. We'll see you trackside. No drama. Thanks, Chris. There's Adam Adam Richardson joining us. So he's got a number of drives there tonight, and he's labelled race seven, number two, Miss Lily May, as his best shot. Darren Clayton joins us on the Wednesday morning. Darren, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. How are you today? Really well, really well. Your thoughts on the Hunter Cup for Saturday night? Yeah, well, I think uh, it should shape pretty well for Leap to Fame. Um, he's drawn a little bit wide but he gets his opportunity there to roll forward and um, I can't see too much um, too much wanting to hold him out in the inside, I think Catch a Wave would like to probably take a trail on him um, I guess see Art's probably perhaps a little bit of a, a, a query runner um, he could be the one to push forward and, and 
attempt to, to get forward, even if he tries to get ahead of catch away. But I don't think they would want to let him go. So, yeah, I think it shapes well for Leap to Fame to add another Grand Circuit success. Of course, he is the Grand Circuit champion of 2023. This is the first race in the 2024 season at that level. Mm, we're just talking with Dan Malek before, and I outlined that every race is so important for Leap to Fame, given that he is a stallion. So, you're looking at that, uh, you know, next phase of his career, and this is a big one, the Hunter Cup. It adds to his, uh, you know, his CV if he walks away with this big trophy. But these races, they don't hand them out. Uh, you've got to earn it. So it's going to be interesting. And it's a valid point with Sia Art. He was a real eye-catcher in that Ballarat Cup. Given that the Miracle Mile's just around the corner, Jason Grimson's got some really good quality back in the Sydney barn. Hi, my name is Jeff. Hot and treacherous trialled this morning and went like a jet, I'm told. So it'll be interesting to see how, how Sea Art sort of fits in and how they sort of take on Leap to Fame. Yeah, it certainly will. And like you say, he, he was really good in that Ballarat race and he was locked away on the fence on that occasion. So he's a different scenario here that he gets the front line. He was a good winner at Bathurst in the in the Shirley Turnbull race. Um, you know, this is probably his biggest test in terms of, um, you know, that Ballarat Cup run. He just got the, the cheap run in behind and was able to finish him off. He's into the big time now and uh, I, I guess we get to see whether he does actually measure up. Obviously, he was um, racing pretty well-restricted performers over in New Zealand until Jason Grimson got him. So um, he tackled the Young Cup, one of those New South Wales Carnival Cups races as well. Uh, just faded in the, in the closing stages there. But um, this, this looks to be his chance, whether he can put his name in the lights. But like you say, he's got plenty of others back in the Sydney barn for the, for the upcoming Sydney Carnival, which probably kicks off in about another two weeks. Mm. Uh, the emergency for the Hunter Cup, uh, can't find a better man. Um, if he gets a start, he's a real hope here. He does have a victory over Leap to Fame, so you know, obviously connections are sweating on a scratching, but if he gets a start, he's going to be in the, in the race there. Oh, it's worked out perfectly for him, the barrier drawer, in terms of being the emergency. We saw him um, he was the emergency for the Inter-Dominion back in mm. uh, in December. He missed the run in the big dance. He was able to win the, the consolation of that with sort of virtual ease. Um, you know, he, he's brilliant off speed and, and this would profile ideally for him if he were to get in the race because there'd be an electric tempo up front. He could just sit back in behind and smoke the pipe and, and really just uh, take his shot when it presented. And we know he's got that devastating turn of foot. And like you said, he's got a victory over Leap to Fame. That was in his three-year-old days, the southeast derby here at uh, in Queensland. So, um, you know, he's... He's one that's a bit of a smoky. It just depends whether he can get a run. And I guess just on the flip side of that, Chris, is um, I guess this argument probably raises its head again. Is it time to, to stop drawing emergencies in the main barrel? Because yeah. potentially, um, you know, here we have another situation, another race where we're going to have six front line, six back line. Yeah, it, it's got to go. If you're drawing emergencies, they're drawing the outside of the second row. Do you agree? Yeah, I think so. If they, it just it, it changes so much. They draw the outside of the second row, and you know they're an, they're an emergency for the reason for a reason. It's been deemed that they're um, you know not at the level to actually get into the to the starting lineup. So 
um, you have to take your medicine with that. Don't mm. be the emergency miss. You know, you're not one of the 12 best and then all of a sudden you get the best draw. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. And that was the same for the Inter Dominion, wasn't it? Six and six? Yeah, it certainly was. And it was the same for the Blacks of Fake back in July. I, I think it's more... I think it just raises its head more in any track outside of Menangle. Obviously, Menangle only has the front line, so it you know, makes a little bit of difference there. But I think it needs to be any, any race. Just leave them out. They draw to the outside because then also, too, you frame your conversation about the field. You're not saying if this were to happen or yeah. if or, um, you know, you just have a straight-up discussion. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, they've got to make a call there sooner rather than later. What about uh, Frankie Ferocious? He's going to step out at Melton in this four-year-old Bonanza. This is a race of $75,000. He's drawn the inside of the second row, but he is drawn behind uh, what could be the favourite in in perfect class. So this is going to be interesting. First go outside of Queensland, now with Jason Grimson. Obviously, the Chariots is the main aim. So looking forward to this race. Yeah, certainly. Um, it's sort of a bit of a surprise, I think, to me when I when I see him in the field and under Jason Grimson's name. So um, he's headed down there and straight away taking him uh, down to to Victoria. Now he's probably a horse that's better suited out in front. We've seen how good he is just rolling, um, you know, producing big miles. So I'll be looking forward to see what he can do at Menangle. Excuse me. Um, but in the interim here, this is a this is a really good quality four-year-old race. So um, there's some some nice horses in this. Like you said, perfect class, likely to to start favourite. Catalpa Rescue, he's a really nice horse. And then Captain's Knock, that was a really good win at Menangle for him first up. So um, it'll be a tricky race. But uh, if he's tucked in away, we know how quick he can be. Frankie Ferocious, I think he's right in this race. Mm, it is a terrific race, and I know there'll be a lot of Queensland scouts starting to uh, eye up or eye off a, a fair few of these horses with a view to the carnival coming up in July because that'll come around very quickly. So um, it'll be interesting to see which horses are starting to, you know, put their hand up for, for races like the Rising Sun, uh, Sunshine Sprint, Blacks are fake. So that's race five. That's the four-year-old Bonanza. Speaking of good four-year-olds, we didn't have any trials yesterday at Albion Park because of the weather conditions so I'm expecting there's going to be quite a few trials on Friday before that meeting starts we've got seven on Friday night one of the horses uh, that was meant to go around yesterday at the trials for real life he's gearing up for the chariots of fire so we'll probably see him on Friday but I'm looking forward to seeing him back in action he's a beautiful style of horse and uh, he's just got speed to burn so the chariots looks a a tailor-made race for him big track he's proven down there at Menangle and he loves the mile yeah, he um, yeah, a little bit disappointing that we didn't get to have those trials yesterday, but uh, it was pretty wet and um, you know he was. I'm looking forward to what he can produce as well. He really dominated the uh, the three year old season. He was the winner at Redcliffe. He won the Triad, um, won, a, won one of those races in the Carnival, sort of a, a three year old race, and just really dominated him and really stepped up to show he's sort of an all round package. So. Uh, looking forward to that. Of course, his stablemate, Future Assured, was down to, to trial in that same trial. Um, while he may have missed the trial, his half-brother, Fact Finder, stepped out again. And uh, he looks to have a bit of a future as well, Fact Finder.
Yeah, well, I was going to ask, how, how do you rate him? Because this mayor, French Charm, she, she can leave one. So we've got Future Assured, there's Free Thinker, Fact Finder now. So she can uh, certainly leave a horse and a horse with good speed. So where does he sort of sit for you right now, Fact Finder? Yeah, I think off the back of that run yesterday, he's he's right up there. I know it's only early season, so as it sort of pans out and... Um, not many three-year-olds have stepped out. A lot of the two-year-olds are either still spelling or sort of went for a break right at the end of the season and are, and are on their way back. So, um, you know, from what we've seen so far as a three-year-old, he certainly steps right up. So, um, you know, if if they're going down for, um, for real life, well, then I think he might have booked himself a spot on the float for a New South Wales derby campaign because that was 2100 yesterday and he really found the line strongly when he when he let him go he really ripped home mm, yeah I, I think you're right he ticked a big box here yesterday proving that he can go beyond a mile first go at 2100 and he won for fun there yesterday the other one that's likely to go down from a Queensland point of view for the New South Wales derby is quick change he was another one that was meant to trial yesterday so we'll probably see him at the trials on Friday but uh, he's had one trial back, wasn't knocked about. They went super fast, and he sort of sat back in that uh, trial. But uh, it'll be interesting to see him step out again on, on Friday. Yeah, certainly, and it would have been good to get another trial. I was looking at him down at the stables the other day, Chris, and, uh, geez, he's, he's filled out. He's a, he's a big animal, so um, I think he'll take a bit of work to get him up to the mark too. Yeah. The other one that we can rule out as far as uh, the chariots is uh, concerned is Sure Thing Captain. I had a chat with uh, Shannon Price just the other day and um, it, it's good news and bad news. Um, he's in work, but uh, the bad news is that he won't be ready for a race like the chariots are five. But uh, I think Shannon's quite optimistic uh, given what's coming up. We've got the big carnival up here. Uh, there's still the Eureka, and there's a few other races in and around that. So uh, disappointing, he won't be ready for the chariots. But uh, the good news is that uh, he'll he'll be back in action uh, later this year. Yeah, it'd be good to see him. Um, he, of course, won at uh, at Menangle in, in a big race on the Eureka undercard. So um, you know, hopefully, he might get to that level and get a slot in the Eureka looking forward he'll, he'll miss a slot, he'll miss the race in Queensland slot at least anyway because he's not a not a Q-bred horse but um, he's certainly good enough to, for other slot holders to certainly put their name forward and um, he can go in the Rising Sun here, three and four year old race and that would be probably a, an ideal starting point for him Mm. Uh, speaking of New South Wales Derby and Queenslanders, Delhi Rowe, he's back in action this Saturday night at Albion Park. Only the eight races Saturday night, but uh, he's going to create plenty of interest because uh, he looks like he's above average. Yeah, he certainly does. Uh, uh, he trialled in a trial, uh, I think, last week or the week before, just recently anyway. He wasn't knocked around in that trial. The winner of that trial, Jazzy Starr, was a, a really impressive winner yesterday. So um, the fact Delhi Row wasn't beaten too far and Jazzy Starr's come out a you know an experienced campaigner. So um, that might uh, that that trial might actually hold a little bit more form than I originally credited it for after yesterday's performance. All right, so there's going to be a few nice horses stepping out, gearing up for that uh, Sydney campaign, which is uh, just around the corner. The free-for-all on Saturday night looks OK. Uh, Manila Playboy, he's back in action. Turn It Up, who ran that slashing second behind Leap to Fame. They look like they're going to be uh, two of the more, uh, you know, favoured runners for that race on the weekend. 
Yeah, turn it up definitely off the back of that first up run. Um, a little bit tricky, gate 12. I'm not sure what uh, what Shane Graham would be sort of thinking about at this stage. Is um, you know whether he just puts it puts him away sort of in the early stages, really make a, a lightning move and uh, get to the front and then sort of dictate or um, gate 12 over the 2100. If you sit back, you're relying on plenty of factors in your favour, and um, we know how quick he is over a short short distance so um, you know point to point speed so um, that'll be interesting how that one plays out. Manila Playboy he hit the line really strongly behind Leap to Fame on Saturday night so he looked um, he, he looked to be back to his best he's sectionally looking at the times that backs that up he ran a really good last half so um, you know he's back there and his half brother Bangkok DJ of course was a winner uh, took a career PB in 151 and change. That was a, a really nice win from him on Saturday night as well. Yeah, he looks like he'll be a travelling companion for sure. I think Shane Fraser's keen to, to travel with Manila Playboy. The Newcastle Miles being mentioned, so Bangkok DJ could be making that trip as well. Uh, seven races tonight at Recliffe, Darren. You've done all the form there. What's interesting, Nathan Dawson returned to action yesterday. Uh, he allowed himself a little holiday. Uh, he gave himself two weeks off following that Herculean 2023 season. Um, no winners yesterday. Seven races, four drives tonight. So it's not as big a book as what I was thinking. No, certainly not. Um, I thought he was... I think he was pretty keen to get a winner yesterday. There was a, a couple there that went pretty close, but he just couldn't lift it over the line. So, um, you know, he gets back to Redcliffe tonight. Maybe there's a few there, but... Um, I guess the old saying, while the, the cat's away, the mice will play. There's a couple of drivers that have, have taken the opportunity to, to get get ahead and, and pick them up. Obviously, Adam Richardson, one of those who you're speaking to with four winners last Wednesday night. And Angus Garrard with a treble yesterday. Um, he's now leading the Australian Premiership. Is that right? Yeah. Mm, fast start. Fast start. So Nathan's got 12 winners so far for 2024. By comparison, this time last year, he probably had close to, what, 40? Yeah, I think in the first month <laughs> he was he was somewhere up around that figure. It was it was pretty crazy. Um, it was a, a massive season, but, um, you know, I, I think he probably realises that you can't do that ongoing, like the amount he was driving last year week to week. I, I think it, it took its toll, and I, I'm sure it was a, a well-deserved holiday. Yeah, no doubt. Is he a lock to win the 2024 Premiership here in Queensland? Um, no, I think it's one of those things, you know, like like I said, um, Angus Garrard's really um, jumped out there and he's he's driving well at the moment. It, it all comes down to, to, like, whether you fall foul of the stewards. Nathan, considering the amount of drives he had last year, to not be suspended at all, um, that, that in itself is a, a pretty amazing achievement. And, of course, he got off to that flyer off the back of Pete McMullen the previous season. Um, Pete missed, I think, four of the first six weeks of the season last year um, with suspension. So... It, a lot, of, a lot of things have got to go in your favour as well as actually just, um, you know, performing out on the track. Yeah. Well, you're right. He's on 25 wins so far, Angus, so he's got uh, double the lead on, on Nathan. So it's a good head start. Where do we find your best bet tonight? Uh, have to be patient tonight, Chris, to the last race. Um, 
I think Convair Hustler, he just finds every opportunity to win a race here. Uh, it wasn't too bad uh, last time at Albion Park. He was third to Western Action on that occasion. Western Action's going pretty well at the moment. And uh, to be fair to a few of these, they're, um, they're trying to find winning form. And I think this guy can just uh, do, the, do his best to win a race. This is his, race seven, horse five. All right, 2.30 with tab fixed price. You're happy with that? Yeah, definitely. I think anything in black figures looks looks a bet. All right, so we've got to be patient. Race seven, number five. Anything else stand out for you tonight? Yeah, I thought um, she was a an each-way play for us a couple of weeks ago. Just didn't go her way. And that's Candy Cane. She comes up in race five tonight. She's drawn inside the second line, follows a quick beginner. Uh, I think tonight, tonight she can get back into winning form, gets a perfect trip in behind. Like I say, she just... She's had a few runs back this campaign, just doesn't seem to have had anything go her way. Um, only needs to get to the passing lane with momentum tonight, and I think she can arrive. Race 5, horse 7, Candy Cane. All right, that's a drive for Nathan Dawson. 3.80 with tab fixed price. So the seven races tonight means the quaddy is races 4, 5, 6 and 7. Have you got a combo? Yeah, I think the opening leg might be a little bit wider than the market just suggesting. Katacha means a favourite. He can certainly win it. He's been doing really well on the Saturday night circuit. He gets back to Redcliffe. Big concern here with this guy is he's been a long time out of a win. He didn't win a race last year, but he can certainly win this one. Sunrise Ruby, I thought her run was good on Saturday night in a mare's qualifier. She led them up and only just got run down in the closing stages, so she can certainly finish first. Feature. And I like Bonnie's cam back to Redcliffe. Um, he wasn't too far away from Nick's pick last time out. Nick's pick we saw yesterday really franked that form with a, a, a pretty strong win. So I think that keeps Bonnie's cam in contention and, of course, can touch a man. So one, four, eight, the first, the first leg, second leg. Uh, Candy Cane throw in number one Uncle Le- our Uncle Les as insurance. He gets the gate and the favours, so uh, he'll be thereabouts. Third leg race six, this is a tricky one. Um, dollar bills come up in red figures, which um, we're not sure whether that's right or not. But anyway, we'll throw him in with number one, Willie Wah Lightning. He'll be fresh up from a break. And number eight, Water Reactor, um, can just tuck in behind. So one, two, and eight. And in the last leg, bring it home with Convair Hustler, the best bet, should just be winning. All right, so that's one four eight into one and seven into one two eight and five. So eighteen dollars for one hundred percent of the dividend. Yeah, and uh, like I say, that anchor Convey hustler, I'm, I'm really keen on. I mean, as keen on a horse for a while as I am with this guy. All right, so we'll take that. Uh, labelled it two thirty with the tab right now. Get it before it uh, it flies out the door. Convey hustler in the last tonight at Reckland. Hey Darren, really appreciate the time. We'll touch base on Friday. Get all your thoughts for Saturday night. Yeah, looking forward to it, Chris. Great, great racing about to kick off again in twenty twenty four. Yeah, absolutely. So there's Darren Clayton joining us, Steve. That wraps up Mobile Rolling for this Wednesday morning. We're back on air tomorrow and we'll speak with one of the major players for the Hunter Cup.